0: Good evening. Biden sends in the COVID tests and puts his faith in more vaccinations to blunt the surge in COVID caused by the Omicron variant. The New York Times publishes a report saying U.S. drone attacks were carried out with murderous impunity. And Mayor-elect Eric Adams plans to bring back solitary confinement at Rikers Island, get some pushback from a former prisoner. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Tuesday, December 21st, first day of winter. 2021. Fighting the Omicron variant surging through the country, President Joe Biden announced the government will provide 500 million free rapid home testing kits, increase support for hospitals under strain, and redouble vaccination and boosting efforts.
1: So, starting this week, I'll be deploying hundreds more vaccinators and more sites to help get the booster shots in people's arms. I've ordered FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, to stand up new pop-up vaccination clinics all across the country where you can get that booster shot. We've opened (laughs) opened FEMA vaccination sites in Washington State and New Mexico recently as cases have increased. And today, I'm directing FEMA to stand up new sites in areas where there is a high demand. These steps are going to help us add more,
0: more and more booster appointments, And just over the next few weeks. And Biden's message was clear. The winter holidays could be close to normal for the vaccinated, while potentially dangerous for the unvaccinated. His pleas, he says, are not political. He emphasized, noting that former President Donald Trump has gotten his booster shot. And he said it's Americans' patriotic duty to get vaccinated. Biden chastised social media and people on cable TV have made misleading statements, according to him. To discourage people from getting vaccinated, two nights ago, Fox News host Jesse Waters remarked at the right-wing Turning Points USA conference that Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's Biden's chief advisor on COVID, should be shot. Now you're going for the kill shot. The kill shot with an ambush? Deadly.
2: Because he doesn't see it coming.
0: And that was on uh, the other night. Uh, Waters, Dr. Fauci reacted with shock to the statement. Well, John, that's horrible. I mean, that just is such a reflection of the craziness that goes on in society. The only thing that I have ever done throughout these two years is to encourage people to practice good public health practices, to get vaccinated, to be careful in public settings, to wear a mask. And for that, you have some guy out there saying that people should be giving me a kill shot to ambush me. I mean, what kind of craziness is there in society these days? That's awful that he said that. And he's going to go very likely unaccountable. (laughs) I mean, whatever network he's on is not going to do anything for him. I mean, that's crazy. The guy should be fired on the spot. Waters' comments come just weeks after Lara Logan, another Fox News personality, hosts a show on the channel's streaming network, compared Fauci to a Nazi doctor infamous for experimenting on prisoners at the Auschwitz death camp. At the time, Fauci called out Fox News for staying silent and not commenting on Logan's comments. What I find striking, Chris, is how she gets no discipline whatsoever from the Fox network, Fox said at the, uh, Fauci said at the time to MSNBC host Chris Hayes. How they can let her say that with no comment and no disciplinary action, I'm astounded by that. Meanwhile, in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio, his final term in office nearing its New Year's Day end, said he expected COVID cases to decline next month, but he laid out the most recent indicators saying the rise in cases was extraordinary.
2: New reported cases on a seven-day average, and this is really striking. The case numbers have jumped up, obviously, 9,297 cases, and that will continue to rise over the next few weeks, we are going to have to get ready for that in a lot of ways. But the most important thing, the reason New York City is ready is the high level vaccination already. We got to double down on that.
0: New York City has seen long lines of clinics where COVID testing is being done. Some have complained of waiting up to five hours to get a swab. Testing centers operated by the city's Health and Hospitals Corporation reported at least an hour wait at most sites by Monday afternoon, while New Yorkers at some locations, including Elmhurst and Woodhull Hospitals in Queens, endured chilly two-hour slogs. Still, some New Yorkers say said they spent uh, over four hours in line in that report. At a city-run testing van in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, people waited in line in the cold for hours yesterday. Health and Hospitals Director, Dr. Michael Katz, said those lines at Sunset Park should be dissipating. We're not having long lines at all of our sites. I'm sorry we're gonna to hear that Sunset Park is still having a long line, and we're gonna dispatch staff as soon as possible to Sunset Park to see if we can help. But other sites do not have long lines. And I would also tell people that due to the great efforts of the test and trace Corps. We've done double the number of tests that we were doing three weeks ago. Yesterday, I was talking with the head of Elmhurst Hospital and they did more tests yesterday than they've ever done. And that's Dr. Michael Katz of the Health and Hospitals Corporation. Uh, Relief is apparently on the way. Catherine Garcia, the state's director of operations, announced Governor Kathy Hochul's office plan to distribute five million more COVID tests across the state by the end of the year, with 1.6 million tests headed to New York City. Another five million tests will be given out in January, with two million of them to be sent out to schools. And in more news from Washington, President Joe Biden appeared determined today to return to the negotiating table with Senator Joe Manchin, the holdout Democrat who effectively tanked the party's signature $2 trillion domestic policy initiative with his own jarring year-end announcement. Biden responded to reporters' questions at the White House, joked that he holds no grudges against the conservative West Virginia senator whose rejection of the social services and climate change bill stunned Washington just days ago. Some people think maybe I'm not Irish because I don't hold a grudge.
1: Look, I want to get things done. I still think there's a possibility of getting Build Back Better done. And what I don't want to do is get into And Joe went on TV today, and uh, I don't know whether it's TV or not. I'm told he was speaking to the liberal caucus in the House and said, Joe Biden didn't mislead you. I misled you. And so, look, I'm not, I'm not looking for all the talk about how my Build Back Better plan was going to increase inflation, going to cause these debts and all the like. What happened? Goldman Sachs and others said if we don't pass bill back better, we're in trouble because it's gonna grow the economy. And without it, we're not gonna grow. And what happened? Stock prices went way down. It took a real dip.
0: And as the president earlier today, in related news, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was set to assemble Senate Democrats later today for a private virtual caucus meeting to discuss the next step after Manchin's unexpected statement on Fox that he was going to vote against Biden's signature plan. Schumer vowed today, uh, yesterday, that the chamber would vote early in the new year on Biden's Build Back Better Act as it now stands, so every senator quote, has the opportunity to make their position known on the Senate floor, not just on television. That was a biting reference to Manchin. Meanwhile, United Mine Workers of America, the UMWA, International President Cecil E. Roberts, issued the following statement. The United Mine Workers and Senator Joe Manchin have a long and friendly relationship. The Build Back Better legislation includes several items that we believe are important for our members and our communities. We are disappointed that the bill will not pass. We urge Senator Manchin to revisit his opposition to this legislation and work with his colleagues to pass something that will help keep coal miners working. Robert's statement went on to say, I also want to reiterate our support for the passage of voting rights legislation as soon as possible and strongly encourage Senator Manchin and every other senator to be prepared to do whatever it takes to accomplish that. Anti-democracy legislators and their allies are working every day to roll back the right to vote in America. Failure by the Senate to stand up to that is unacceptable and a dereliction of their duty to the Constitution. And a federal judge has denied a legal challenge against the heaviest charge that has been brought against Capitol riot defendants in upholding the felony count that federal prosecutors have relied on in the months since the attack. United States District Judge Amit Mehta ruled yesterday night, uh, last night, that prosecutors will be allowed to move forward with the obstruction of an official proceeding charge against 17 defendants affiliated with the right-wing paramilitary group called the Oath Keepers. In a 49-page opinion, Mehta and Obama appointee rejected the defendant's various arguments, including that the obstruction charge is unconstitutionally vague and that the prosecution prosecutor's application of it in the context of the riot imperils First Amendment protections for demonstrators. Maida is the third judge so far to uphold the obstruction of an official proceeding charge and challenges brought by Capitol riot defendants. The count is among the most serious that have been brought by the Justice Department in response to the attack. If a defendant is found guilty of obstructing an official proceeding, it carries a maximum possible prison sentence of twenty years. And the New York Times published an investigative report yesterday on the devastating effect of the United States drone warfare in Iraq and Syria, based on 1,300 cases that occurred under the Obama administration. The Times didn't look at cases from Afghanistan, including the recent attack that killed a family of 10 outside Kabul airport in the days before the U.S. left the country to the Taliban. A spokesperson for the organization BankillerDrones.org, is Nick Motner. He says the Times report confirms What his group has been saying for years. What the Times has done is
3: to substantiate completely what people like ourselves at BanKillerdrones.org have been saying about the civilian toll of drone warfare, that it's indiscriminate and extremely harmful to a vast number of people that have been totally ignored in press accounting and by the Congress since this began. It's really quite remarkable and really to great credit of The New York Times. What The Times is reporting on is a period September 2014 through January 2018, U.S. drone attacks began with the invasion of Afghanistan on October 7th, 2001, and they continue until today. The wildest portion under Trump has not
0: been reported on. The wildest portion under Trump. Trump,
3: when he came into office, uh, told the military, basically, the gloves are off now. You don't have to be as careful as you were under Obama about civilian casualties. As we see from this report, when people were being, quote-unquote, uh, careful and following Obama's or sort of sensitive rules of engagement, there were atrocities being committed all over the place. We have to project under Trump's regime that the casualties were even higher, the suffering that much greater. And I just would like to read this. Osment Khan comes to conclusions. After studying all of these more than 1,300 reports, she says, what I saw after studying them was not a series of tragic errors, but a pattern of impunity, of failure to detect civilians, to investigate on the ground, to identify causes and lessons learned, to discipline anyone or find any wrongdoing that would prevent these recurring problems from happening again. It was a system that seemed to function almost by design to not only mask the true toll of American airstrikes, but also legitimize their expanded use. That continues to be a problem. And we see that these patterns of behavior extend up until today when this August 29th slaughter uh, 10 people in the Ahmadi family in Kabul, Afghanistan, is still not fully disclosed in terms of who was responsible, was the White House involved in the decisions leading up to these attacks, and basically, people still haven't been compensated, and I don't think that the Ahmadi family have been removed yet from Afghanistan, even though they've expressed a the desire to come to the United States. This cover-up still continues. org has started to work with a member of Congress to have a full Congressional investigation of all U.S. drone attacks from the very beginning in 2001. This would include not only by the Air Force, but also by the CIA, by any private contractors, any corporations who were hired to do airstrikes, or by other agencies of the government that have done drone attacks that we're not aware of. The Times was only able to get documents for Iraq and Syria, they're now trying to get documents for Afghanistan, where the most drone attacks have been conducted. We hope to have a congressional investigation that will thoroughly go through every single drone attack with the idea not only of finding out the extent and the problems related to this, but to compensate civilians who have
0: been profoundly and tragically damaged by these attacks and that is uh, nick Moturn of the organization ban killer drones earlier this month the pentagon announced none of the military personnel involved in the botched drone strike in kabul afghanistan that killed 10 civilians will face any kind of punishment a subsequent high-level investigation in the episode found no violations of law but stops short of fully exonerating those involved, saying such decisions should be left up to commanders. And a jury today asked what happens if it can't reach a consensus on a verdict in the manslaughter trial of Kim Potter, the white former Minnesota police officer who says she mistook her firearm for her taser and fatally shot 20-year-old Dante Wright, a black man, during a traffic stop in April. Jurors also asked the court that zip ties uh, securing the weapon to an evidence box be removed so the handgun can be held during deliberations. Judge Regina Chu sent the jurors back after rereading an instruction urging them to continue to deliberate with a view towards reaching uh, reaching agreement. She also allowed the zip ties to be removed so the gun, which she said is not loaded and fully secured, can be handled by jurors. They've deliberated for more than 12 hours. Potter, 49, has pleaded not guilty to charges of first degree and second degree uh manslaughter the the closing arguments in the case were made yesterday
2: the defendant told you her sons will be home for the holidays but you know who won't be home for the holidays is dante wright this was a colossal screw-up a blunder of epic proportions it was precisely the thing she had been warned about for years, and she was trained to prevent it. Now, the fence will tell you that Dante Wright is somehow to blame in causing his own death. But make no mistake, we're here because of the defendant's actions, not Dante Wright's.
3: Did they prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she caused this death? No. Dante Wright caused his own death, unfortunately. Within seconds, he all of a sudden breaks away. That's the cause, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. That's what caused this whole incident. And my gosh, a mistake is not a crime. It just isn't. Just It just isn't in our freedom-loving country that we're going to put you in jail for a mistake you made.
4: Now, members of the jury, this case is in your hands as judges of the facts. I am certain you realize this case is important and serious and therefore deserves your careful consideration.
2: Members of the jury.
0: And that was uh, yesterday at the trial of Kim Potter The trial stems from the fatal shooting of Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, after police pulled him over for an expired tag and an illegal air freshener. During the stop, officers learned he had an outstanding warrant and attempted to arrest him, but Wright pulled away and tried to drive off in his vehicle. Closer to home, during his briefing today, Mayor de Blasio responded to a question. If the disparity between black and white New Yorkers who have received vaccinations would disproportionately affect the city, be disproportionately affected by the city's mandate to workers to uh, get the jab or lose their jobs.
2: He respond to mandates. Um, Look at our city workforce. Uh, Many, many of the people who are part of our workforce, as you said, black adults. Well, obviously, that's a lot of uh, the folks who work at health and hospitals and many other city agencies who, when the mandate came into effect, overwhelmingly went and got vaccinated. Um, it, you're talking about the overall workforce at 94 percent, health and hospitals at 95 percent. So the, the, the jury has come back, Ravane. People respond to mandates and they do get vaccinated. Uh, So this is how we help make sure it happens for everyone.
0: About 61 percent of New Yorkers have been vaccinated, a number that's uh, black New Yorkers have been vaccinated, a number that's climbed only one percent in the past week. And Mayor-elect Eric Adams introduced the city's new jail boss Last week and warned that the inmates on Rikers Island are going to – should start behaving, in his words, because he plans to immediately reverse outgoing Mayor Bill de Blasio's policy against solitary confinement. Adams' declaration at a news conference in Brooklyn prompted applause from City Corrections Captain Association President Patrick Ferriullo. Adams, a former NYPD captain, also challenged opponents of solitary confinement to spend just one day working as a correction officer. Victor Pate is the New York State organizer for the organization Halt Solitary Confinement. He spent two years of his life in solitary during his jail sentence. He says that Mayor de Blasio never really did support the call to halt solitary. He never really did, but that there is a law that takes effect in March that says that solitary confinement in New York State, is illegal.
5: Over a cumulative two years in solitary confinement from time to time. You just sit there all day and stare at the walls? I mean, that's it? That's what it is. So solitary confinement is, and you know, there may be different measurements, but it is a six by nine cell. Some units you have bars in front of your cell, like a regular jail cell door. And in some solitary units, you have the steel door with the slot and a little small window that you often see in pictures of, of, of people that are in prisons and jails.
0: What is the law on solitary confinement now?
5: The bill was passed this legislative session, 2021, and signed by the governor. That is now law. So the law now is that nobody can be held in solitary confinement past 15 days. After that 15 days, they are to be transferred to an residential rehabilitative units. Those residential rehabilitative units are basically designed as an alternative that will provide counseling, psychological and sociological services for people who may be in need for additional separation from the general population before they are deemed clear to go back into general population that actual bill is becomes effective march 2022 but it is now law
0: Mm -hmm. mayor-elect eric adams says he wants to return to solitary to protect guards at rikers and that's he blames solitary for the conditions that we've been hearing about at rikers island recently
5: that's not true rikers island has been in a state of chaos and disarray for decades okay i was in rikers island in 1971. it was bad then and it's even worse now eric adams is talking placing people in solitary confinement without having any real knowledge what the psychological and sociological damages as well as physical damages that occurs to people when they're in solitary confinement. Any long-term exposure to solitary confinement, it creates a deterioration mentally, physically from a person that's being exposed to that. If he's talking about returning back to solitary confinement with no alternatives, with no alternatives for people to have an opportunity to address and deal with whatever issues may have caused them to have a need to be separated from general population, then he is violating what's considered the U.N. general rules that says anybody that's held in solitary confinement past 15 days, it is considered torture. So with him making an announcement that he's going to – people back in solitary confinement is only going to continue to further exacerbate the conditions of people that are on Rackers Island. Solitary confinement does not make people behave better once they have been in it. As a matter of fact, solitary confinement oftentimes causes people to even act out more because of the fact that when you're in solitary confinement, there is no treatment. There is no services. You're just separated from people and we need to have you know, stimuli. So, for him to make such an announcement is that it's totally immoral and it's unconscionable that he would even think to place people in solitary confinement without a evidence-proven plan that if people needed to be separated, that they would be separated humanely and that while they're separated from the general population, they would be able to receive some form of treatment for whatever the missionary purposes is that cause them to be in solitary confinement. Anything you'd like to add? Eric Adams, though he may be a law enforcement officer, I'm sure that everything he's going to be doing is going to be based from the law enforcement perspective. But I wouldn't, he needs to talk to us advocates who have been doing this work, those people that have been formerly incarcerated in prisons and jails, to come up with a, a remedy to how to better the conditions of people in as opposed to creating a condition where people become and are treated worse.
0: So he hasn't contacted you or your group?
5: No, he hasn't.
0: Did Mayor de Blasio contact or talk to you?
5: Mayor de Blasio had spoken with a few members of our group when we were trying to negotiate a change in the way that they were being using solitary confinement in two thousand and twenty as a result of these conversations. He had said he was going to end solitary confinement. That never happened.
0: And of course this goes back to many cases but Khalif Browder, I guess, is one of the most well known cases.
5: Khalif Browder and of course more recent one, Leiline Polanco which is one of the transgender people who was left to die in solitary confinement. So there's many stories of people who have had experience and exposure in solitary confinement. And as a result of their experiences, even for short periods of time, they deteriorated and or committed suicide.
0: And or died. State organizer for halt solitary confinement, the Legal Aid Society, called on Adams to immediately retract his plan, saying it throws away years of progress, undoing the physical and mental harms caused by solitary confinement, and it reveals the new administration's intent to reinstate regressive and violent policies over modern and more effective practices. And finally, Mayor de Blasio has been handing out keys, if not to solitary cells, to the city. And today's winner was filmmaker and New York State's greatest sports fan, Spike Lee, who graciously accepted and suggested all New Yorkers get vaccinated.
4: No matter what it is, we come out on top because we're New Yorkers. That's how we're built. All the people going to hate, let them hate. But we know what the the deal is, you know. We're the greatest city in the world, and when you're up there, people take shots at you, and we just move and duck, and and you know, and move them forward. So again, you know, and, and I was really thank you for saying what you were saying before about people. We have to get vaccinated. We gotta get booster shots. I mean, this is not the okie doke or the rinky. It is. We know 800,000 Americans have died. They're no longer here. So let's get on the good foot like James (laughs) Brown, (laughs) like the guy by the soul said, let's get in the good foot. Let's get that boosters. Let's get those shots and, and let's go. Let's go.
0: And that was Spike Lee earlier today. And that's some of the news for Tuesday, December 21st, 2021, on the first day of winter. The news was produced with Linda Perry. Our engineer is Reggie Johnson from New York City. I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.